Red Sands Investigations, Episode 3, The Bells Under the Waves. Tiff, get yourself a cup of tea and a sugary snack, sweetheart. You'll need it. I've been gathering together Treskillan's resume, which is so clean you can almost smell the carbolic. Okay. Victor J. Treskillen. The J stands for Jennifer, so I'm assuming. Troubled childhood. It'd be quicker to list what parts of Red Sands he and his family don't own. Far as I can tell, he's not got the C yet, but don't put it past him. He owns outright, um, the Pier Hotel, the Pier Casino, the Pier Bookies, the Pier, uh, three pubs, two jewelry stores, and a partridge in a pear tree. Looks like the Treskillan family have owned this part of the coast for centuries. He's trafficking, I know it. I cross-file this entry with the notes I took on Yulia. Will you, sweetheart? Just me and you now, Uncle. Just me and you. Miss Marley. Mr. Halliday. And where is your delightful partner? Tiff's... Tiff's not working with me anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, how's the panto going? Remarkably well, considering... uh, Show must go on and all that. Considering... We're dropping like flies. And still six performances to go. You are? Let's see... Well, your Tiffany's boyfriend has got himself a part in the TV show up north, so he's jetted off early. He has? Lucky so-and-so. And then all that business with Georgia Lloyd, a lifetime of treading the boards, and then all of a sudden he runs out on a show, and with the takings of that. Anyhow, have you seen this morning's paper? Turns out he was found last week, washed up in the bay. Georgie Lloyd Abenazer? Who else? Oh, no. No. Friend of yours? No, he was... (laughs) It doesn't matter now. (sighs) Suicide. You won't catch me speaking ill of the dead. But I look around me and I can't say I'm surprised. Fragile business, fragile people. Still, chin up, love. The show must go on. You want me to look into his death? Oh, no, love. Nothing so gruesome. I called you because of another casualty of our little panto. Irene, our rehearsal pianist, fell off her stool and she shattered her ankle. I'm sorry. She's a tough old bird. She'll pull through. But she's got in a home help for a couple of weeks name of Daisy Linton. 7.50 to find out all you can about her. Make sure she's on the straight and narrow. You think she's not? Well... I'm all for second chances, but as a youngster, as a youngster, she was troubled. Troubled, huh? Her father was hit by a drunk driver, tragedy, and and not just for the family. He was the last of that old-fashioned breed, the honest policeman. Anyway, young Daisy got it into her head that her dad had been murdered, 
had her kiddie friends in a right flap about it. They sent her away, of course. You'll find all that out and more, I'm sure. Oh, harsh. Poor kid. Don't get me wrong. Pressure can make people behave in all kinds of ways. Take Georgie. When, when I heard she was back in town, well, never hurts to be too careful, does it? Uh, I'm not really qualified to, um... I don't need a psychiatric report, love. She must have had all the official checks to get the job. All I want to know is that those were genuine and... And, and what you think of her. You're a similar age. She might talk to you. Okay, well, I can look into it. Smashing. I got Irene some groceries you can take. That'll give you a foot in. It's just a few tins. Where's your car? Oh, great. Huh. <sighs> oh, no, you can do it. <sighs> and number 124. Ow. I really need another driver. Cheers ever so much for bringing the groceries. Hmm? Oh, right. Um, glad to help out, Daisy. But you can drop the act now. Act? No, no act. Uh, I'm just, you know, helping out with the groceries. I know you're a detective. Cigarette? No? Honestly, you can't sneeze in one end of Red Sands Bay without someone at the other end offering you a tissue. I always fancied myself as a P.I. when I was a kid. Is it fun? Sometimes, I guess. Um, it beats a desk job. I should be flattered, really. Unless Irene needs some thrilling double life, you're here to investigate me, aren't you? I do hope I'm not wrong. That would be disappointing. Tell me why I would want to do that, Daisy. <sighs> Who put you up to this? Kenny Halliday, I hope. <laughs> you have people lining up to investigate you? Oh, you'd be surprised. I've been away, boarding school, you me. Coming home for the summer halls wasn't enough. I'm an outsider now. Dangerous, eh? There's nothing worse than that in this town. But I suppose you'd know that. Oh, you have no idea. Okay, so I'm an outsider and I snoop around for a living. <laughs> Not a popular combination. But you're not all tangled up in everything. People might like that. I do, for one. This town's enough of a bloody spider web. Everyone's tied to everyone else, and every move vibrates back to the spider. But Kenneth hired you, right? Right. Care to tell me why he did that? You want me to do your job? Why not? It'll get me out of your hair quicker. Maybe I like the attention. Yeah, that much seems clear. Well... He may be as camp as Christmas and twice as fun, but in fact, Kenneth's a very happily married man with three sons. One of whom, Bill, has recently announced his engagement to a certain girl sitting right here. Daddy wants to check out his daughter-in-law. Oh, congratulations. He, uh, didn't mention that. Probably hoping it'll fizzle out. Bill proposed after just six weeks. Still, when you meet the one... You know, don't you? So, any reason for Kenneth to be nervous? Kenneth Halliday, national treasure of the 1970s, back-treading the boards, rejuvenating his career. Bad press, that's what he's afraid of. And you'd give him that, huh? <laughs> Much as I'd love to be so press-worthy, no. He doesn't have to worry that I'll kick up another fuss. 
I suppose I told you why I was sent away from this happy town. A little, yeah. Sounded like you had a rough time. I found out my father had got caught up in some stuff. It got him killed. I don't expect you to believe me, and no one else did. I was a kid. I couldn't handle it. But Kenny can sleep easy. I'm not a kid anymore. Uh-huh. Ah, but you'll be wanting proof of my good intentions, won't you? <laughs> hmm. Tell you what, I'd like to make a deal with you, Carla. You would? How about I give you all the stuff you need on me, documentation and all, for you to check by the end of this week. And in return? You do some research for me. On his money? He's paying you enough, isn't he? Not for moonlighting, he isn't. Oh, how dramatic. He paid you for a week, right? Well, you'll need it, because I won't give you one scrap of information before Friday morning. You can spend the week digging it up yourself, or you can get it the easy way. Now I see why Kenneth wanted to check on you. <laughs> Come on, I'm an impoverished student. It won't take long. It's my aunt. She died last week. Oh, I'm sorry. She had a good innings. She was in her 80s, but sharp as anything and active to the last. She used to go for nighttime strolls along the beach in the wee hours. That's what did it for her in the end. Pneumonia. The thing is, she gave me this the last time I saw her. Asked me to post it, but... Curiosity got the better of you? It's addressed to Nick Flint, another private detective in the area. She wanted him to investigate. Yeah, I know him. Why not go to him? I know him too, actually. Or I used to, rather well, in fact. Summer fling, you know how it is. I want to carry out my aunt's wishes, but... See, the letter is so strange, and I wondered if she was just losing her marbles just before. I don't want Nick to think I'm an idiot. But then you come along and... Well, here. Dear Mr. Flint, I am writing to inform you that she has been lighting the beacon for Earther's return, and his rock glows like the moon on a clear night. The bells have been chiming under the waves and foretelling blood spilled on the sands. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I can see why you might not send this. It's nonsense. Not entirely. Earth's rock is the tall outcrop sticking out of the sea. Um, okay, but it doesn't glow, right? It's a bloody rock. Look, if you can just find out if there's anything in it, some poem she read by a local or something... I do it myself, but I'm stuck here all day with Irene. Thing is, my aunt said some really nice things to me on the day she died. I want to know if she was all there. Oh, Daisy. Sweetie, I'm sure she... Please just find out, will you? Tiff, get us a double espresso, will you? And whatever you want for yourself, there's a girl. The number of coffees you buy, have you ever thought of getting a kettle? I like the proper stuff. It helps me think. We can always use the solicitor's kitchen downstairs if we're entertaining clients. So that's why we've not used it yet. Enough of that. In fact, I just this minute got an email. Agrophobic. Suspects her husband's playing away. I said I'd pop round for lunch. You'll be able to hold the fort for a couple of hours? Sure, but... But what? Well, when will I get to go out on the cases with you? First things first, chicken. You need to catch up with your computer training or you're no use to me. Double espresso. Money's on the side here. Well, well, what do you know? 
Another one's copped it. Suicide, or so they say. One of those actors in that panto you and Carla went to. Oh my God! Georgie Lord, that's the man who marked Dorota at the fortune teller on the pier. We investigated him, got him to give back what he stole. Then you did it just in time. You don't think that's why he killed himself? Did you shop him? Of course not. Carla agreed not to report it. Well then, people don't still top themselves out of shame these days, Tiff. He was mixed up with something he shouldn't have been. Coke, gambling, an affair. Of course, this makes three. Three men committing suicide in the same place in as many months and at least one of them we know was murder. I'd stake my shiny new car on it. Treskillin's gang's behind this. But if we hadn't forced him to give back the money and the jewellery... You'd have let a mugger get away with it and you'd have missed a paycheck. But he didn't deserve to die. If we'd have known he was in a desperate situation... Tiffany, Tiffany, it's not in your job description, darling. You want to help these people? Go into prison reform or something. If I find out this agrophobic's husband is having an affair... Do I keep it from her in case she leaves him? I just... It's not easy, is it? Much easier for you now. Why? Unlike Carla, I'll shoulder all responsibility. Check your contract. You don't work with me, you work for me. The only choice you get to make is to stick with me or to resign. Happy? Right. Good. Now, how about that coffee? I miss your car on a night like this, Tiff. And your company. All right, miss. What? Oh, yes. Thank you, officer. 2.25 in the morning. Very late for a young lady to be out on the prom. For a young lady? Well, not back home it's not. I'm from the States, you see. It's afternoon there. Couldn't sleep. I was thinking of home, so I thought I'd take a walk. You know... Right now, across those waves, miles and miles away, my mom's probably... Indeed, miss. So, best be getting back inside now, eh? If I must. Whereabouts you staying? At the other end of the beach. It's a straight line. I can find my own way. Thank you. Make sure you do. Night. Good night. Oh, this is going great. (gasps) What the... Okay, are you still waving me on my way, officer? Because that sounds like bells, and I want to check them out. Yes, yes, smiling and waving, smiling and waving, and... He's gone. Good. Now, where's that ringing coming from? That... That's not possible. Earther's rock is... (laughs) It's glowing! So, Daisy, either your aunt wasn't loopy, or I am... Good morning, ma'am. Have you the metal to stomach tales of piracy and bloodshed? <laughs> Entrance only four pound and fifty. Concession three pound and fifty. Uh-huh. That sounds great, but, um... Uh... Ah, a fellow American, if I'm not mistaken. Griff Roberts, at your service. You're not mistaken. Carla Marley, Detroit, Michigan. Nice to meet you. Well, I'm from Abilene, Abilene, Texas. I floated onto these fair shores when I was a teen. <laughs> now I know more about the place than most Red Sanders do. 
lovely town. Gloriously ugly history. <laughs> now, how can I help you, ma'am? Looks like I found the right guy. Do you think you could tell me anything about Earther's Rock? I looked online, but it's just a tourist blurb. Why would it glow at night? And the bells oh, from... Uh, Mr. Dicer, uh, are you off now? All done, Mr. R. Your lights are all fixed. Still waiting on replacement glass. I'll be back Monday to fit it. Thank you, sir. Earth's Rock, you're asking about? Oh, uh, I am such a sucker for the amazing history you Brits have over here. Yeah? Well, locals here, they hear the bells, they turn away. And tourists should do the same, Miss Marley. The bells bring one thing, and that's death. They ring out to call souls to join them under the waves. Uh... Don't mind Mr. Dicer. <laughs> He's just superstitious like a lot of folks around here. Now, you wanted to know about the legend of our rock and the town under the sea, huh? Well, centuries ago, there was another Red Sands, about a half mile out to sea. There were fertile flatlands stretching across what we now know as the bay, with a town right there in the center. As the legend goes, two children were born to the two most powerful families in Red Sands. Arthur and Kate were childhood sweethearts. Hmm, like Romeo and Juliet. Uh, their families weren't at war as such. Still, they had a healthy distrust of each other, it seems. When Arthur's time came to be a man, his family sent him to sea. Nothing he could do. The night before his boat was due to leave, he secretly met with his beloved one last time. A storm was brewing, but there in the driving rain, they said farewell and he promised to return. The next day, his boat only just managed to leave the harbor. The weather was so rough, the sea had swelled terribly, and the town was inches deep in water. Hour by hour, the water crept into the town, rising and rising as it did. They pealed the church bells to appease the Lord himself. Some say that Kate was a witch, that she caused the floods and storms with her own tears. Legend has it that the sea covered the town, submerging the whole plain and the village in a few days. Most people escaped unharmed, save the pious bell ringer who continued ringing to the heavens until the steeple sank under the waves. Kate was beside herself with grief and fear that Arthur's ship had capsized in the storm. Taken back home to Flint Castle, she climbed up onto the battlements. Flint Castle? What, the ruins at the far end of the bay? Two towers are still standing. Tickets are overpriced and the gift shop is tacky, but the views are exceptional. So, did he come back? Well, when she looked out over the new bay, she realized that Arthur might not recognize his home and find her again. It said she screamed, and from the sea, the place where she and Arthur had met rose right out of the water. It's known today as Arthur's Rock. They say that when the lovers are reunited, the rock will glow like the rising sun, and the bell ringer's soul will rest. In the meantime, locals claim that those who speak of hearing the ghostly chimes will bring death on themselves. You don't look too convinced. <laughs> and as a guy who runs a smuggling museum, you're not convinced either. Oldest trick in the book keeps the curious away from the smuggling action. But I heard those bells last night, and Earther's Rock lit up. So what, I'm doomed to die now? 
Sure, those tales are just tales, but the danger behind them is real and modern enough. Look what I keep behind this counter. Uh, okay. What is that exactly? A whistling Mary. <laughs> Basically, a fancy cudgel. Swung right, though, this'll do some damage. And they know I'll swing right. Uh-huh. And who are they? The reason I'm still here is twofold. I keep my mouth shut, and this museum gives me access to all the ancient weapons and firearms I could ever need. Have a free tour. I reckon you'll find a few answers, but take my advice. Don't tell a soul what you told me. Not a soul. Here. I came to apologize, Carla. You walked into a warehouse at 2 a.m. to apologize to me? Well, it's the first chance I've had. Nick's been keeping me busy. You're working for Nick? What choice do I have? There's rent to pay. But I just happened to see you by the jitty and thought I'll say sorry. But then you walked up the cliff path and I didn't know where you were going, so I followed and... Oh, Tiff. Come here. Uh, just what are you wearing? A cocktail dress? Mm-hmm. Look. And angel wings. Susie's hen party. You've got to dress for the occasion. Mad, isn't it? I pop out to get a breath of fresh air, and there you are. And you've had a couple of drinks, am I right? Of course. Wouldn't be much of a bloody hen party without, would it? <laughs> oh, this just gets better and better. Um, okay, Tiff, what's going on down there is important. So... Do you forgive me? Tiff, yes, I forgive you. Now, are you listening to me? See the guys unpacking the crates of fish down there? I think they're unloading drugs. <gasps> Shh, this is really dangerous, Tiff. I don't know how we're going to get out. Can you run in those heels? I can do anything in heels. Okay, good. Anything at all. <laughs> <sighs> we're going to die. Victor? That's Sally. She's an evil. She boys the crap out of me in school. Yes, almost. The boat's gone. We're still unpacking. Another 20 minutes. Half an hour, tell him. Of course I will. Yes, I'll let them know. Mr. Treskillin wants this done ASAP or I'll use that pick on your... Okay, okay. You're spoiling my concentration. You have to concentrate to hit a four-foot square block of ice? What? You really do. Carry on, Spudsy. He's going as fast as he can. If she got off her dinky arsenal. Besides, where's Flynn? <clears throat> right here, Dicer. Nick, he's on their Spudsy. side. Shh. Listen. Nice job you're doing with that ice sculpture. What's it going to be, Stonehenge? What detail? What'd he say? Yeah, I'll give him some bloody dick. Sally, Sally, how long's it been now? Pleasure's all mine. Yeah, it really is. Oh, Sally, after all we shared, you've been standing too close to all that cold storage, darling. What? Oi! 
Don't dismiss Treskelin. Oh, I think she'll survive. You want him sorted? Leave him, Spudsy. Nick, this is no time for small talk. Fine, here's your cash. Now where's my share? On the smoked attic. Take it, and get out of here. I'm your best customer, chicken. Don't you forget it. I've heard but enough. When's the next batch in? We're going oh. before they lock us I'll in. I'll look forward to it, Give Sally. me your shoes. I told you, I can run along. We're going down the chute here. I can't dive down that. You can. Unless you want to sleep here tonight. Could do with a sleep. Oh, just move it. Okay. Quiet as you can. Lie down on it first. And... Go! What was that? Hold on, I'll check. Give quick, he's coming! Don't want to make a noise. Screw noise! (sighs) Tiffany. Nobody. Just a rat. Voila. For you, Miss Detective. Oh, how nice. It's, uh... Yeah, you got me. What is this? A Red Sands Royal Knickerbocker Glory. Daisy. This early in the morning? And, uh, knicker what? You have to try the local delicacies. I thought ice cream was more breakfasty than jellied lugworm. I'm not used to breakfast that come with sparklers. Well, they ran out of firecrackers. What can you do? Anyway, here... Is your paperwork. You can read all about my sordid existence. Now it's the goss on Ether's Rock. Goss? Gossip? Story? There's no goss. It's just a rock and a myth. Here. That doesn't mean your aunt was losing her mind, though. If she said nice stuff about you, I figure she knew what she was saying. You think? <laughs> Low self-esteem does not suit you. Well, how else do I fish for compliments? Uh Uh-huh, since when do you need them, Daisy? Now, help me eat this monstrosity. You need to get back and tend to Irene. And what thrilling undercover investigation are you doing now, Private Eye? I'm gonna be confronting a suspect. Really? How exciting. Oh, no. Believe me, you got the better deal. Morning, Tiff. Good night, was it, last night? I, um, sorry I'm so late. Here, I picked you up a coffee. Figured you'd be worse for wear. Nick, about last night... Tiff, I don't want to hear about your half-remembered drunken exploits of you and your hen friends, and no one else wants to hear either. You understand me? I think I do. Good. Milk, two sugars, drink. Thank you. But we do need to talk. You're almost up to speed with your computer skills now, and... Come... Nick. Ah, Carla. Tiff, pop out and get another jar of coffee, will you? And we've run out of biscuits. You want me to go to the supermarket? No, the nearest biscuit tree. Carla? I'll fill you in later, Tiff. Don't worry. What is it, then? Hmm, grumpy. Lose much sleep. I'm not in the mood for beating about the bush, darling. Then I won't. You're receiving large quantities of drugs through a gang led by your ex-girlfriend, who is now the wife of, and this is just my favorite part, Victor Triskillin. I see. Take off your jacket. What? You want this conversation? I want to check your coat. Then you, for bugs. Bugs? I'll be disappointed in you if you don't have a wire, chicken. 
Relax, I'll be professional. Yeah, but a professional what? You know, they do mics the size of buttons these days. You should invest. You don't want a criminal to catch you with a bloody great dictaphone in your pocket. Oh, so you're not a criminal. Oh. You'd better hope not, hey? Car keys. One of these days you'll forget your bloody heads, Tiffany Bishop. What the hell were you doing last night and dragging Tiff along? If she'd blabbed to them about being my assistant, which she would, what do you think they'd have done to me? Ah. She followed me. We weren't even speaking, let alone working together. Because you sacked her. Oh, don't pin this on me. She lied to me. You're an outsider, darling. Everybody's going to lie to you. Get used to it. You fired her, and who's left to pick up the pieces, eh? Oh, and here I thought chivalry was dead. So what? You hired Tiff out of charity? Who else was going to? Who'd hire me? You'd be surprised, Nick Flint. You'd be bloody surprised. Good afternoon. Can I speak to Sally Treskellen, please? Ah, hello. This is Tiffany Bishop. You left a message about the job interview? I'm just confirming I'll be there. Yes, 10 a.m. tomorrow. Great. What a gentleman you are. Yes, I am. I promise to look after, and I have. All you've done is get in the way. Oh, I know, and I'm so sorry about that, but... How was I to know I'd be interrupting your little dealings with Triskillen? And what did you expect to find in a warehouse at 3am, eh? Santa's elves wrapping gifts. I didn't know what I'd find, which is, you know, why I looked. I was on a case, cracking a myth. Earther's Rock, the bells under the sea. You know it. Of course, I'm a red sander. And a direct descendant of the heroine, Kate Flint. (laughs) Heroine, appropriate choice of words. Because you know why Earther's Rock lights up? Light reflected from that same warehouse entrance hidden by the cliffs. The bells are signaling the boats, smuggling in drugs. Nothing ghostly about any of it. Well, now you've gone and sucked all the romance out of the story, what do you plan to do about it? Triskillin killed Uncle Jim. Did you know that? So, you did find out. If you knew, then why are you mixed up with him? Okay, I'll be straight with you. But this goes no further than this room, and no telling Tiff. She's so desperate to take revenge on Treskill and she'd blurt something out and get us all in trouble. Revenge? Tiff? The drink talking. Having your boss murdered in front of you can do strange things. Anyhow, I'm working for the old Bill. Police? Cops? Yeah, I get the idea. But aren't Treskillin and the police... I'm not with the local thugs. This goes much bigger than that. The whole ring. You tell a soul about this and you're going to jeopardise years of work and piss off a lot of people. Got it? I get it. So, you're some big-time undercover agent who's gonna bust an international operation. And here I was thinking you were some low-life middleman selling drugs to finance your sleuthing hobby. Silly me. You don't believe me? That crap might work on some girls, but you'll have to do better than that to impress me. You want a character reference? You got one. Uncle Jim? Resurrection isn't the crowd-pleaser you might think. But the problem Carla and I had to work out was nothing on what Tiffany was getting herself into. As it was, by the time we knew what she had in mind, it was too late. All our well-laid plans were like those grabbers on the pure toy vending machines. Bright and shiny, but ultimately useless. 
Featuring the voice talents of Marley Norton as Carla, Tiffany Brayford as Tiffany, Michael Hudson as Nick, Melissa Hearn as Daisy, Philip Weber as Griff, Stephen J. Cohen as Kenneth, Shane Harris as Jim, Scott D. Harris as Dicer, Perry Whittle as Spudsy, Audio Alan as Sally, and Xander Mobus as Officer Cole. Written and directed by Fiona Thrale, edited by Marley Norton, theme music by Saffron, additional music by Crabmeat and Marky Spark, available at Newgrounds, produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2009, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.